This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Jordan Flu Game. This is my Jordan Flu Game. Your boy, your boy's low energy, okay? Your boy deals with migraines, okay? Have my whole life. Um, When I was a kid, I was in a, a bunch of weird experimental medicine. Hate taking medicine. I hate taking Tylenol. I just hate taking medicine, so I, I, I don't want to do that anymore. But yeah, migraine, big time today. Wipe me the fuck out. A little bit of an earache. Um, I, I went to work. I powered through work because I'm a fucking stud. Now I got a kid coming up. I got to go to work. But uh, I was wiped out for the day. I mean, I was, I was, I mean, it, it was bad. I woke up, started feeling a little bit better. You know what's funny? It, you know what? It's funny. I bought um, Shady Rays, right? Is that what they're called? Shady Rays. Yeah. Uh, the blue filtering. Is that what they're called? Shady Rays? Yeah. No, they're not called Shady Rays. Hold on. This is not an ad, but I want them to, uh, I want to them to, uh, I want them to sponsor me. It's not Shady Rays. Oh, uh, where, where, where Parker? Felix Gray. Felix Gray. Um, the blue filtering like glasses. I bought those forever ago. My buddy liked them. Dave Portnoy from the uh, Barstool. He wears them. I got the same pair he did. I like them. Uh, I'm in front of a computer a lot. I'm in front of my phone a lot, TV, whatever. I uh, was wearing sunglasses when I came home. The bright just killed me. Anyway, take a nap, wake up, feel like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to get, I got to cram for this, for the podcast, right? I got to pick fights. I got to pick fucking winners. So I put the Shady Rays on. Fuck, not Shady Rays. Felix Gray. God damn it. Fuck Shady Ray. I think I do own a pair of Shady Ray sunglasses. Anyway, put the Felix Grays on. The blue filtering lights are regular glasses, which to me sound completely bullshit, right? Like, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I bet those work, guy. Okay, nice try. They actually made me feel really better. They relax my eyes. I know uh, I'm not trying to sell them because they're not a sponsor, but they fucking really helped me relax my eyes, which were killing me. Um, but yeah, Jordan flu game, playing hurt, playing hurt right now. But we got winners to pick, okay? I'm on a little bit of a streak, okay? If you haven't heard, went 9-2 and two last week. That's pretty good out of 11 fights, huh? Pretty good. Hit a pretty big underdog prop. Um, tomorrow night, I'm going to go live on Twitter again, and we're going to kind of build parlays and um, build props and whatnot like we did before. That kind of helped me think through the process, so please join me. I'll tweet out links and all that stuff, but uh, MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter. Give it a follow. We'll get on. We'll build some bets, warm some money together. Let go. All right. Um, anything else before I start? Mm, I was going to kind of – see, again, I, I got a little bit of a headache. I was going to kind of maybe shit all over St. Simon from but Bloody Elbow because he – tweeted out that he's skipping next week's event in the UFC and he's so glad he doesn't have to work it. And yeah, he was very cavalier about it. And John Cavanaugh threw shots at him. was like, Hey, UFC fighters that are fighting on this card. Remember this guy doesn't care about you unless you're so-and-so. And, and it's true. Like, yeah, it's one thing to say a card stinks, right? Cause I do it all the time, but I'm going to watch every card. Some cards are better than others. Absolutely. But I'm going to watch every card I don't get paid for this. The only way I get paid for this, if I do my research, I pick right fights and I gamble. That's the only way I'm doing this. Cause I love the fucking sport. I'm passionate about it. Um, and I have a few people that actually listen to this, that enjoy it. So for this guy to do that, I got kind of angry. Some people were trying to defend him. All media members defend each other. I think it's so bullshit. It's okay to have a different opinion than your fellow media member. It's wild. How they all just jump to each other's defenses blindly. I just thought it was fucked up for him to say that. I mean, next week's card is a... I mean, it's not the best card in the world, 
But, I mean, the main event's awesome. RDA versus Islam Makachev. You got Brian Barberina versus Daniel Rodriguez, which is going to be an absolute fucking banger at 170. Um, those are the two fights that jump out at me. I haven't really done proper prep yet, but uh, I thought it was kind of fucked up that he said that, if I'm being honest with you. I thought that was, you know, I don't like Bloody Elbow. I don't like Saint Zyman. I think their podcast is dry as shit. I think Trent Reinsmith needs to cool it sometimes. I'm glad that he's expressing his opinions, but he needs to fucking cool it. You know, I never see him covering MMA. He's covering what Dana White said, or he's covering what Dana did said with the president or whatever the fuck, or, you know, you know, there's people in the sport that you need him. The guy that's going to complain about fighter pay and keep Dana and certain people in check. I get that. I understand it. But at some point it's like, do you have anything positive to say about the fucking sport of MMA? Right. You know, it's, it boils down to him as, as a certain way. And it just gets a little obnoxious for me. So bloody elbow is a complete fucking dumpster fire. I hate that website. I used to like it. I don't like it anymore. I think they're a bunch of fucking bums and uh clickbaity little cocksuckers. If I'm being honest. Okay. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to go overboard here, but you know, yeah. Uh, little clickbaity cocksuckers. All right, let's get into the fights. Actually, you know what? Tim and Devin. So Tim and Devin and I were, um, uh, okay, we're texting. So we're we're all having a competition via this thing, and we're um, we want to buy belts, like a replica UFC belt. So whoever wins that week of pickums, you rock that belt on your fucking shoulder during the thing. You show it off. You're the champ. I'm actually gonna do with 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 the with the way we stream it now, the way we record it. I'm going to make a little championship icon. I'm going to put it next to their name as well to let people know, hey, they are currently picking better than anybody in the group. Um, and I'm getting a bunch of texts from them right now. Let's see. Oh, make them change. Oh, okay. Devin just making another terrible joke. All right, let's get into the fights. Gustavo, I love that fucking name. The guy last night, Contender Series, by the way, was awesome last night. Four contracts. Surprised they gave the heavyweight a, uh, a contract, Jarrett. He was kind of an interesting guy. His interviews were a little weird. Um, he fought Harry Hunsucker, a uh, former, not really a friend, but a guy I know, a guy I trained with. Uh, Harry came out really well, and then Jarrett took over on the ground, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jarrett doesn't seem like the cleanest guy in the world, but <clears throat> they need heavyweights. But you got Vince Murdoch, who I really liked. I picked Vince Mur- Murdoch. He lost to Saldana, Saldana or Saldina. He looked great, rangy, great front kick. And then Inacio, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, but Inacio is such a great name as well. He looked awesome, right? 30-0, and 35-0 and as a kickboxer. Now he's an MMA. I believe he's a Rufus guy or maybe a Florida guy. I can't remember. I know Bilal Muhammad was singing his praises. I'm not really sure uh, where he trains at, but he looked fucking great. <clears throat> He fought a tough guy as well, uh, a guy who maybe uh, Gomez, who wasn't really all that skilled, but had a fucking chin of iron and kept coming forward, wasn't in the best shape, missed weight by five pounds. But, uh, you know, Inacio took a few shots, but he looked really clean in there. I think he's only 23 years old. He's going to get fucking better. Main event was Carlos Olmberg versus um, Bruno Oliveira. Olmberg is training partner of Izzy. Izzy was in his corner. Looked good. Handsome son of a bitch. Good looking guy. But, uh, yeah, that was contenders. I was impressed. I, I, I thought three contracts were going out. Dana added the fourth with the heavyweight. So, uh, yeah, go for those guys. And then another great name, Gustavo Lopez. He's a plus-116 underdog. He is fighting Anthony Burchek. He is a minus-136 favorite. Um, I have my minus-142. Uh, I'm actually currently reading the lines off of um, off of FanDuel. I usually have them written down. I do, but I want to kind of keep the most updated lines. 
And he's moved a little bit. Burchek was a little bit slight favorite here. Burchek taking this fight on short notice, was out of the UFC for a while. I saw him uh, kind of begging on Twitter, like, get me back in, get me back in. He's a good wrestler. Um, did a bunch of grappling bouts, you know, in between his MMA. He's fought down in uh, Mexico, LFA. <clears throat> had a really horrible run in Risen. He lost all three fights in Risen. And then his UFC record wasn't terrible. He's 2-2. Two and two. I guess they couldn't come to terms on contracts. Split decision against Delano Lopez, knocked out by uh, Thomas Almeida. Joe Soto, he knocked Joe Soto out, which was, I remember that was kind of a surprising knockout there, and he lost to Ian Entwistle in his debut by Heel Hork. Um, he's fighting Gustavo Lopez. Listen, I can understand why Lopez is the, the underdog here. He's 11-5, former Combati champion. He looked really good, in my opinion. I mean, he lost every single round, but he looked really good against a guy like Marab, who is constantly in your face. And Marab has a different style. Rob is more of a... He's got good wrestling, but he's also kind of like a different grappling, and it's just pressure-based, and he's going to take you down just to get you back up to wear you out. And Gustavo took that on really short notice and did not waver, did not gas out, um, looked really good, was throwing some strikes in there, but Morab is just on a different level. Burchek, I think, is a little bit underrated. His record's not great. He hasn't really shown well in big spots. UFC risen, but he is he is capable. He can go out there. He can get the wrestling uh, taken down. He, he does have power in his hands. He has some knockouts. However, Tim taking this fight on short notice with that such that wrestling base, I mean, no matter how long he's been wrestling, I don't know how great a shape he was in before he took this fight, you're going to get worn out wrestling, right? And Gustavo Lopez, he took the fight relatively on short notice. His uh, last time out, this is his full training camp. He was supposed to fight Felipe Corrales. Corrales tested positive for COVID, so Lopez gets Burchek. I'm going to go Lopez here as an underdog. I plus 116. I think that's an interesting number next to his name. I thought he looked really good against Marab, who no one wants to fight. Marab's going to probably close the year in 2021 as probably a top five guy in that division. He, he's that good. He's that tough. And Lopez hung with him. I mean, it was a competitive fight. I mean, again, I think Marab won every single round, but it was Lopez didn't give up. He was in there to win. Taking that fight on short notice like that, you, you got to give uh, the guy respect. I'm going to go Lopez here. I think he's going to be, it's going to be a tough fight. It's going to come a really, it's going to be a really close fight. I think Gustavo has to take the take, t- uh, stop the takedowns. If he doesn't, he has to get back up. Striking, I think, you know, Burchek maybe has more power. Gustavo has more speed. So it's going to be that. And it's really how his cardio is. Burchek, that is. I, I just don't know if his, his cardio is going to uh, live up to a three round fucking grindy decision that he's going to try to win. I don't know if he's going to finish Lopez. But uh, I'm going to rock with the under here. Fucking starting to nine off with an under, baby. Get the bag ready. Next up, Max Griffin, who's 15 and 80. He's a minus. Let me actually, again, let me let me look it up. Minus 148 favorite. I had him at 152. Line moving a little bit. He is fighting Ramiz Ramajaj. He is a plus 126. I had him at plus 124. So he's gone up a little bit, which is good. So Ramiz was supposed to make his UFC debut. Um, who was it? When was that against? He was... Uh, Takashi Sato and Miguel Baeza, he's supposed to fight them twice. Both got pulled out. Not really. I, I know he had to pull out the, the, the Baeza fight, and I believe Sato tested positive, or maybe did. I remember Ramadan, uh, Ramiz pulled out of Baeza, and Sato pulled out of their fight. So now he's fighting Max Griffin, who we haven't seen in a little bit. Decent record in Ram- Ramiz here. He's fighting out of Texas. Or he's, yeah, fighting out of Texas, but I believe he, yeah, four to seven May. Okay, good. Fighting out of Texas, he's fighting Max Griffin. We haven't seen him a little bit. Max is pretty active. He's one of those guys that's just kind of like, he's always going to kind of stick around. Um, he hasn't fought since March, which, I mean, I guess not that long ago. Lost a split decision to Alex Cowboy Overo. Before that, Moreno, a year ago, uh, on October 12th, he got, uh, basically almost got knocked on Moreno. Moreno knocked him around. Max Griffin's one of those guys that I just, you, I, you just, I just stay away from. I just, I can't bet it, right? 
But it's so tempting to bet it because I feel like I have a read on him. Like, so I've, he's not quite Jimmy Crook to me. He's not like my kryptonite. He's one of those guys that I I can get right. I'm like 50-50 on. But every time I think I got, I, I was like, I think I got it. I think I know what it is. Ramiz making his UFC debut. Good grappler. Good chokes. Thick kid for 170, right? Max Griffin's pretty big for 170 as well. Um, <clears throat> young in his career, 10 fights. This will be his 11th fight. UFC debut, a lot of jitters, a little bit of height. Fortis MMA. I'm not super sold on Fortis MMA yet. They're, they're producing a lot of great fighters right now. But, I mean, you can produce great fighters, but they got to produce great results. And, and Ramiz is a guy who I looked up. I looked up some footage of him. He's aggressive with his grappling. Max Griffin is... is Kind of a, a guy who's not known for really anything, right? His striking's okay. He's got a good chin. He's known for being really fucking tough. You can't get him out of there. He's known for a good chin. His grappling is okay because he's big and strong. He's athletic. But I don't know if it's going to really match up with Ramiz here. I think Max maybe just really grind on Ramiz and, and put him against the cage and use his size a little bit. Um, but I, I just don't know if I trust Max's cardio. He does get hit a lot in fights. He does get stunned a lot. Um and, you know, the uh, Cowboy Oliveira fight was extremely close. He's always in extremely close fights. When you got a guy like Max Griffin who is not going to be a finisher, a guy who's going to get hit, who's going to put himself in probably bad situations, his only really path to victory is to really grind it out. He's going to have to grind Ramiz. You kind of got to look at the judges, right? You know, they're in Vegas. Hopefully there's some good judges. But when you get Ramiz at plus 124, plus 126, as I believe what he is currently on FanDuel, I'm going to go the underdog. And not only that, I smell some dogs barking. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. So I might have undersold the Ramiz thing here. There's not a ton of underdogs that I absolutely love that are jumping off the page for me right now. There are some chances I, I think people can take. But Ramiz, I think, is a solid prospect. I think Max Griffin, I think he's probably have shown his best. I don't think he's going to involve as much anymore, right? He, he's a grinder. He's a tough dude. He's going to get in your face and all that stuff. But I just don't really know if he's going to become a killer anywhere. I think Ramiz can be a killer and is a killer. He's young. He can take your neck. He can take your fucking back. He can really take it. You know, he's, he could be death on the ground. I think uh, I think I'm gonna, I think I like this as the underdog pick. I know I like it. I've made it my underdog pick. But I'm a little wary, right? I've been really hot on underdog picks. I had to switch my underdog pick last week. Fucking hit on that. So I'm very confident in underdog picks. I just think Ramiz is going to give Max a really tough fight. I think Max is going to come out looking pretty good. First round, he moves pretty well, keeps his hands high, and Ramiz to stand up isn't anything to write home about. But I think Ramiz is slowly going to take over the fight. And and I don't know if I've ever seen Max. I mean, has he ever been submitted before in the UFC? I mean, he's got eight losses. you got to imagine one of those is by submission. I mean, a lot of decisions. The guy is tough. So Colby ground and pounding him. Uh, he's never been submitted. Oh, excuse me. Max Sector, former... Um, Ultimate Fighter expedition. It was on the Ultimate Fighter. Max Griffin got choked out by triangle choke. That was back in 2012. So I mean, you can't. But has he fought any like real killers on the ground? Right. Colby T killed him in the third round. Colby's not a submission threat. Right. Uh, Eric Montano punches. Uh, he won that fight. Eliza uh, Zazeki, who's got some submissions, but nothing crazy. Lost the decision. Mike Perry doesn't have submissions. Curtis Millender doesn't have submissions. Tiago Alves. I'm sure he's a jujitsu black belt somewhere. But uh, he's not a killer on the ground. Moreno, kind of kind of average. And Oliveira has some submissions, but he's not a killer. So this is going to be Max Griffin's rule. 
first test with a guy who does like to fucking get your neck and like to take your arm. So I'm going to go with Ramiz. I'm going to stick with it. Underdog lock. Sorry, Max Griffin. All right, next up, Darren Elkins, who's 24 and 9. He is um, a minus 250. Let's see if that held up. He is a minus 250. There you go. He's fighting uh, Eduardo. I can't pronounce Eduardo Garagori. Fucking nailed it. 13 and 1. He's a plus 198 underdog. Um, so I just said that I, I've been searching for dogs. This is a fight that really is hard to break down for me because I think Elkins is extremely tough, extremely durable. He's been around forever. Um, but he lost to Nate the Train Landweir, which is an ugly loss. Nate the Train. As much as I like to joke about him and, and he's a very interesting character, I don't know what his ceiling is at 145. I, that might have been his only UFC win, if I'm being honest with you. And Darren Elkins, I think he's taken a lot of damage. I mean, the, literally his nickname, he's the worst tattoo in the history of the world. On his chest is the damage. He takes a lot of damage. And I think his cardio is great. He's almost impossible to finish. His submission defense is fantastic. His chin is good, but he can get hurt. You know, he, he bleeds like crazy. Eduardo looked terrible in his last time out. He got choked out by Ricardo Ramos. Um, and he, in his debut, he looked pretty good. He's coming from a camp in a country that usually you don't see a ton of people from there. I believe he's Argentinian. Oh, how dare you, Brian? He's Uruguay. He's from Uruguay. It says he's born in Brazil, so he might be Brazilian, but he always comes out with the Uruguay flag. Um, they, they don't really produce high, high-level guys. I mean, that's just the way it is. He might be an American top team. He might be at a bigger camp. It says he's on Frontier Fight Team. That's obviously in Uruguay. I, I really don't know. But he looked like shit in the Ramos fight. It's been a little bit. It's been a year. It's almost, almost a year to the day uh, when they fight. Um, so he's obviously taking some time off. COVID hit. He was supposed to fight Betik. That didn't happen. Uh, he has a win over Humberto Banane, who is a pretty good wrestler. Um, I've been I've been pronouncing the Spanish names tonight. Fucking excellent. I took Spanish two, Spanish one twice. Okay, not very good, but I've been pronouncing it excellent. I'm not gonna bear the lead here. Listen, I'm gonna go the underdog. I'm gonna go the underdog here. This is kind of my risky business. Shot in the fucking dark. I think Darren Elkins could probably come out here and take this dude down, take his neck and submit him as well. Darren Elkins on your back with a choke is very fucking likely. Um, I just, so for some reason, I just think this is Darren Elkins, you know, he's over 30 fights. He gets hit a lot. He gets banged up a lot. Either Eduardo isn't this high level guy. I think he's a solid prospect. I think he's decent on the ground. Uh, Ramos is a different beast in Darren Elkins, I think. And I think Eduardo can maybe hurt Darren Elkins on the feet or at least hit him a lot. He's going to want to avoid the ground with him. But Elkins is going to get most people to the ground. If you get your back, you're going to choke him out. The smart play here was to go Elkins at minus 250. I just can never and I will never lay Darren Elkins at minus 250. When I bet, bet Darren Elkins, I bet him as a dog, right? You can't bet him as a favorite. That's just a rule I live by. And at plus 198 on Eduardo, who hasn't shown us much in the UFC, he's 1-1 in the UFC, 13-1 overall. Um, I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with a, almost a 2-1 to one dog. I mean, is this a fight that I'm going to bet? Probably. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is. I like to bet dogs. I like to chase dogs. I like to fuck. I'm like dog the bounty hunter. God damn it. Uh, I'm going to go after it. But, yeah, I don't think this is going to be a parlay play because this is this is going to be bad. This is a guy that could, could fuck that all up for you. But this is a straight play. I think you could put a half unit, full unit on it. Uh, definitely a straight play. All right, next up, Marcos Rodrigo de Lima, 17-6-1. He's a plus 285. On your dog, this line's got to move a little bit. Plus 285, he's fighting Alex, Alexander Romanov. He's 12-0. He's a minus 375 
favorite uh romanoff this fight when it first got announced was a pick em, if you believe that or not romanoff has since destroyed um people um and <laughs> just he has just destroyed people um lima is a guy who has maybe three or four punches on the feet in the first round if he doesn't get you with that it's over i've seen this guy go to the ground i've seen him quit before uh romanoff is is a big dude big thick guy good cardio can take a punch. I've seen a lot, pretty much all his fights outside the UFC. Can take a punch. His UFC debut, he looked fantastic. Um, obviously, he wasn't really fighting like stiff competition and Roque Martinez, but you know he looked good. And you know took it to the second round, submitted him by arm triangle. But he had this huge fucking donkey punches on top, and and, and Roque Martinez was just a tough dude that just withstand it. Lima, I, I, you get him in the ground, flat on his back, with him being tired. Uh, I think it's over, right? So minus three seventy five is hefty, but this is gonna be my send them home. Send them home. Send them home. So what early. that means is this is gonna be a little preview. I'm gonna be talking about this tomorrow night, but you gotta prop this for Roman off the win by KO TKO in any round is plus one ninety. Um, method round TKO KO in round one plus three hundred TKO round two plus twelve hundred. I think the 1200 is to play. I think you, you're going to want to take the plus 190 because he is hefty at 375. He is my send him home. I think Romanoff is going to buzz salt through Lima. So what I would do, and we can talk about this tomorrow, but I would put Romanoff in a parlay. I'd anchor him up, right? i put him with some kind of these guys that are that are pick-em fights, right? Maybe maybe with another put him with an underdog that I, that I mentioned earlier. Romanoff, let him anchor it, right? So you get him that way. You can bet him straight, but he is pricey. Then I would put... Uh, a, you can parlay props on FanDuel, but I wouldn't parlay the props. I'd put a money on him finishing my KO, and that's at plus 190. You can even get crazy and just do the round betting, but I, I think since he dug or drove Martinez into the to the later round, the second round, and submitted him, I think he can do that with Lima as well. Lima, I think, is a tough guy. He's been in the UFC for a long time. I just see him completely gassing out and giving up. I see it being a first-round thing. So plus 1,200 is tempting. I just said maybe take that because I got a little fucking greedy. But now that I think about it, maybe plus 300 first-round TKO is the way to go as well. But I would cover your ass. I would still bet the plus 190 and then maybe hedge or Put a little, sprinkle a little bit on that, that first round as well because uh, plus 300 is a number that you, you don't see often. I think Romanoff's a fucking killer. I really do. 12-0, and 0, big, strong guy. I believe he's from Moldova. Uh, he's got that Russian blood in him. And he's, he's, a, he's a big kid, man, and he's got cardio. He's going to take you down. He's going to fucking pound your head in. I think that's what he's going to do with Lima. This is easy, no-brainer, send him home. All right, next up, Trevor Giles. I would say Giles, Trevin Giles, 12 and 2. He's a minus 110 pick him. He's fighting Bayvon Lewis, who was 7 and 2, minus 110 pick him. This fight stinks. I, I really don't like this fight. Giles, he's coming off that Kevin Holland. Uh, he was supposed to fight Kevin Holland, and on fight night, he passed out. Had to go and get his heart checked out. Apparently, his heart might have stopped. There hasn't been a reason why. Like, I don't know if he found out why. Obviously, he's cleared by the cardiologist to fight. He's a full time police officer as well. I think this guy has some skills. I just don't know if he's really ever shown up in the UFC yet. Bevon Lewis, the same way. This guy's got some power, and he and he took Uriah Hall to the third round and then got caught. Trains with a good camp. I'm going to go Bevon Lewis here. I don't want to spend too much time on this fight. It's a minus 110. I'm not super confident in it. Um, maybe come Saturday I will bet it, but right now this might be a no bet for me because I can see Giles going out there, being athletic, being elusive, maybe might want to get back the fight that he lost with Holland, come out there, guns a-blazing. Take the fight to the ground, mix everything up. 
Bayvon's kind of a slow starter. He likes to pin you against the cage. He likes to clinch you. He doesn't like to fight in open space. It's going to be kind of a weird fight. Bayvon, I think, can touch Giles. Giles does get tired, and, and, and I've seen him hurt before on the feet. I don't think Bayvon has much submissions. I'm going to lean Bayvon, but this is a fight that I'm probably going to pass here. I don't, I don't think I'm going to touch this fight on a betting standpoint. But as this is a pick em podcast, I'm picking Lewis. All right, next up, Giga Chikatse. He's 11-2. He is a minus 590 Favorite, he's fighting Jamie Simmons. Awesome name. I think his name is actually James Krause Simmons. I saw that on Twitter. But he goes by Jamie or Jamie. Jamie because of, you know, there's another James Krause. He's 7-2. He is a plus 410 underdog. I got a question the other day. Hey, Brian, what is the chances of Simmons hitting that plus 410 underdog number? And I think you I think you hit it right on the head there. I think that it's slim to none. Giga Jakat is a minus 135 to win by KO. Um, he's not a finisher in the UFC. I don't think he has any finishes in the UFC. Um, I think that number is priced pretty okay. His striking has really come a long way, um, in my opinion. I, I think uh, the only way Simmons is going to win this fight is take the fight to the ground. And I just don't know if he can do that. He's very short for the division. He's 5'5". Five, five. I think he should probably be fighting up and weight. Uh, he hasn't really fought the who's who. Uh, you know, a couple of his wins were guys who were 0 and 6. That's who he's got. He's got a 4 and 5 win. He lost to Jake Childers by knockout. That was 6 and 0. He beat Nick Spagna back in 2019, 5 and 10 or 5 and 2. Morgan Slicklinger, hell of a fucking name, Morgan. He's uh 20 and 12, which again, old vet, Sean West, 16 11. He's finished both those guys. Guy likes to come out and finish. He's got some finishes by punches and by uh, TKO. Giga to me, though, is really working on his takedown defense. Uh, Omar Morales, who's a big, big kid at 145, could not take Giga down. I don't see this kid taking him down. I don't see him really getting close to hitting Giga as well. Giga's going to work the body, work the kicks. I wish, I wish there was a way. Um, I know Barstool uh, has an app, and they and a lot of those guys on that app are making certain bets. I would make a bet that Giga is going to win by some kind of body kick, body kick, body, any kind of bo- uh, kicking besides to the head bet, right? So I think the body kick and I think the leg kicks are going to really add up for Giga here. His kicks are nasty, he kicks hard. I think this could be a TKO by Giga. So I like him to actually get his first UFC finish here um, over a guy who probably shouldn't really be in there with with Giga at this point. I don't want to disparage Simmons too much, but that's just, you know, it is what it is. Next up, Claudia Ganelos, 18 and 4. She's a plus 126 underdog. She's fighting Jan. 12-1. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Jan. I know her name's Jan. Um, it is, she's a minus 154. Let's see if this if this stayed the same. But up 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 um. So yeah, one one twenty-six, one minus four. Okay, so this stayed the same. I got the fucking lines. This morning, I got, or yesterday, I'm sorry, I got them yesterday morning. Um, So in a day, they've moved a little bit, but not too much. All right, so this fight, I'm just not sold on Gadaly. I just, I'm just not. She hasn't looked really all that good. I thought she lost Angela Hill. She got dropped by Angela Hill. She used to train in Jersey, and I believe she's in Vegas full-time. She's become more of a grappler. And I will say this about Claudia Gadaly, okay? I was cruising Reddit, or on MMA Reddit, right? And someone's like, hey, Claudia Dela has a uh, has a um, OnlyFans, right? Okay, props to her. I, you know, women, if you're comfortable and, you, and you're, you're confident in your body and guys are willing to pay money to see you naked, who gives a shit? Do it. OnlyFans is the way to go. She has, what, 60 to 100,000 followers on all her social media or whatever it is. You can charge those guys whatever you want. If a guy's willing to pay you see, see you naked, do it. Then I start reading that she's charging people 50 bucks and she's just posting pictures from Instagram. Now that's fucked up. Okay. It's a woman's body. It's her choice. But if you're charging dudes $50, 
you better show some boobies, some ass, some something. I'm just saying, I don't want to be a pig. I don't want to be sexist, but you're charging guys 50 bucks. Now I would actually never, ever pay to see a woman naked because I'm not a virgin. And also porn is free on the internet. So it doesn't make any sense. But there are people out there who are willing to pay their hard-earned money or their mom's hard-earned money or their dad's hard-earned money to see Claudia Gadela naked, and she's posting Instagram pictures. So for that reason, I'm going Yan. No, that just kidding. Not, it's not the reason. I am going Yan, though. I think Yan is, is a superior striker here. I think Claudia Gadela is going to want to wrestle. I think she's going to get tired. I think she's going to want to strike a little bit in the first round. Yan's going to piece her up. She's not the biggest power punch in the world. She's very fast. She's got good kicks. She's got fast hands. Uh, Gadela hasn't looked great on her feet in the past couple fights. I think she's going to come out and really try to use her size and her strength and, and really take this fight to the ground. Jan is primarily a striker, but I think Claudia is going to get tired, lose a decision here. Um, she could come out and win the first round. It could get a little dicey for Jan. She's definitely got to win the final two maybe, but I see Jan being superior here. I think Claudia has been around for a long time, 18 and four, great record, great name. Um, I pick against her a lot, believe it or not. This is the first time I think I've seen her at plus money. A lot of people do like her at plus money because Claudia Dale is such a big name. I just think her time has passed. I don't think she's involved yet. I think the bouncing around camps, trying to figure out what she wants to do, who she wants to get coached by, I just don't think she's ready yet. I mean, she can evolve. She can improve. She's young enough. I just don't think she's there yet. All right, next up, fight of the night, from my opinion. This is a fight I'm really looking forward to. Ian Hine is 14-3, minus 110 pick him versus Brendan Allen, 15-3, minus 110 pick him. Let me wet the whistle here. All right. So... This is a tale of a guy I don't like and a guy I like. They are almost, well, they have identical records. They both came up through the LFA. They have all fought the same people. They were supposed to fight before. I believe there's been a little bit of shit talking. Ian Heinish has looked good last time out. He just did an interview where he's saying it's the Hurricane 2.0. I don't love that. Um, And Brendan Allen is a guy who is now down in Florida. He spent time between... Rufus, I mean, he was a Rufus guy, and him and Bilal and, and Jared Gordon and stuff, they're, they're now splitting time down there in Florida. Brandon Allen's a guy I, I, I've i kept my eye on since the contenders, right? He won the contenders. He didn't look in the first round, came back, submitted him. Fought Kevin Holland. Didn't look good, right? Not the best strike in the world, but gets you down, he fucking submits you, right? He's young, right? He's really, really young. He destroyed Tom Breeze, and then he just uh, had an incredible fight with Kyle Dawkins, who I think Kyle Dawkins is really good. Kyle Dawkins was undefeated. A lot of people are sleeping on that. Like, well, he took Kyle Dawkins' decision. Ian Heinrich's going to win. Ian Heinrich, solid dude, really good wrestler. Probably going to write a movie about his life one day. He's a good-looking guy. He's well-built. He's got a great story. If he can get some wins together, he could be a real star at 185. He truly can. Brandon Allen, I mean, he could definitely be a star because of his skills. He's exciting. But Ian Heinrich, I think, has a look. A lot of people are picking Heinrich because he's, they thought he's fought the tougher competition, which he has. But sometimes that just doesn't add up, right? You got to kind of look at the skill. And I think Brendan Allen obviously has a disadvantage on the feet. Ian Heinish just knocked out Jared Morsgaard. He's going to come out. He's going to be very aggressive. He's going to be happy with his hands. He's Hurricane 2.0, which to me tells me he's coming out aggressive and confident. Brendan Allen has a good chin. He took some shots against Dawkins, but on the ground where it's going to get separated, right? Ian Heinish has been taken down before. Brendan Allen, I think, uh, is working with a strength coach down in Florida. I think he's getting different looks. I think a takedown is very possible. Ian Heinish is a guy that likes to scramble to his feet. I think that's going to be the problem here that he scrambles on Brendan Allen. Brendan Allen, Brendan's going to take it back. He's, his rear naked choke is fucking death. He's going to take an arm. He's really good with transitions on the ground. Him and Ty- Kyle Dawkins won the fights. 
I really like watching Mac. He looked fantastic. Him and him and Kyle were both going back and forth with submissions. I think Brandon's a dog here. A lot of people are questioning his cardio, his confidence. I think I think he's a he's a real handful for anybody. This is tough though. I want to bet this straight up so bad. I want to take Brandon Allen. I almost made him my mortal lock of the night. I I, I just couldn't because I'm I'm just a little nervous because I think I'm overlooking Ian Highness. I don't love Ian Highness's skills. So I think I'm doing the classic, let me overlook this fucking guy because I really like this guy over here. And then when they fight, I was like, oh shit, I shouldn't have paid so much attention to Allen. I should have really watched Heinish. But I have watched a fair share of both those guys. I've looked at their records and they're they're destined to meet. Allen a little young here. So a lot of people are giving the edge to Highness because they might meet again down the road. I just think Allen's ready, man. I think he's confident. I think he's his submissions are good. I think his stand-up's coming a long way. I don't think he should stand with Heinrich. Heinrich isn't like the world-class striker, but he is powerful. Um, so I'm going to go Brendan Allen here. I think this could be an absolute fucking dogfight. I do not recommend betting this fight in a parlay if you're one side or the other because I really do think this is kind of a coin flip. I think Vegas nailed these lines. I think I will take Brandon Allen straight up. Again, if I give you my pick, I'm going to die with it. I'm going to bet it. I think I'm going to bet Brandon Allen straight up half a unit because I'm not super confident. It's more of a who I want to win because I'm really intrigued with Allen's skill set. All right, next up, Hani Barcelos, who's 15-1. and one. He he is a minus 335 favorite. Excuse me, 355 favorite. He is fighting Khalid Taha, who is 13-2, and two, who's a plus 270 underdog. Taha, one of the sickest knockouts I've ever seen. He knocked out Boston Salmon quick. When I was there in uh, Atlanta, awesome. He is a lot better than I expected. Plus 270, I think, is a little high. Barcelos is really fucking good, though. Good wrestler for being a, a Brazilian guy. He's on the Brazilian national team, I believe. Um, good striker, good jiu-jitsu, always in shape. Can slow down a little bit, but usually in really good shape. Kalitaha, I think, is a guy that is flying under the radar a little bit here, though. He's 13-2. and two. He's got big power. He's got good submissions. He tapped out Bruno Silva. Got re- over uh, overturned because I think it was uh, what was it? I want to say it was weed, but if it was a steroid, that might be a that might be a bigger deal. Yeah, so it got overturned here. Let's see why. Okay, let's see why. Orlando Taha, but was also due to failed USADA drug test. So again, if that's steroids, that's a big deal. If it was weed, I don't know. They just said USADA drug test. Let's assume that it was it was steroids. That's not really good. Either way, I'm taking Barcelos here. He's very, very chalky at minus 3, 355. This could be a square pick, but I just think, you know, he's going to be able to handle the power of Taha. He's going to know how to circle out. He's not going to not get, get hit clean. He can mix up the wrestling. His submissions are very, very good. His submission defense is good, and he has power himself. So I think Taha's in for it. I don't like how high Barcelos is. I probably won't touch his fight. I won't put him in a parlay or anything. I think that's the only way you really can bet this because the numbers is a little too pricey. It's a little, I mean, minus three fifty five is hefty for a guy who saw it fifteen and one. You know, he's he's got some good names on his record, but I think Taha's getting overlooked just a little bit. That's my only my only hold up here. All right, next up, co main event: Andre Lasky twenty nine nineteen plus two twenty underdog. He's fighting Tanner Bozier, who's sit nineteen and six and one. Excuse me, he's a minus two eighty favorite. Boys. Mortal lock time. This is my mortal lock. I know it's hefty. I know minus 280 is a very, very high mortal lock. I apologize. I just really like Tanner Bozier, right? Um, everyone's talking about, oh, they, they match up really well. Uh, Tanner and Arlovsky, they fight very similar. They stay on the outside and they like to move. And and Alsi, like, Arlovsky at, uh, at this point in his career likes to outpoint people and all this stuff. Well, Arlovsky has been doing those last few fights because he's fighting these huge fucking guys with cement feet. 
They can't move. Bozier, if he comes in at 235, 230, he's moving around. He's got great kicks. He's got good head movement. He's hard to really hit super clean. Arlovsky's hand speed isn't what it used to be. Quit comparing Andre Arlovsky to the speed demon. He's looked very, very slow in his last few fights. The only difference Arlovsky has had, um, in my opinion, the the only difference I think in his, in his game at this point is he's fighting really smart, and he's not getting knocked out with a gust of wind like he used to. His chin got fixed, which is like, Magic, like he's in, his, he's forty something, he's twenty nine, nineteen, and all of a sudden his chin got fixed. Bozier has some ugly losses early in his UFC career, or excuse me, early in his his MMA career. One loss in the UFC against Cyril Gane. I don't do not consider that that bad of a loss. Um, but yeah, listen, Bozier is a fucking stud. I love Bozier. He's my mortal lock, and I'm gonna put him in a parlay at minus two eighty, hundred percent. I'll put him in a parlay, probably the slime ball parlay. However, prop. Bozier, again, not the biggest knockout artist in the world. He is coming off two knockouts, right? He's looked good, really speed guy. Orlovsky is showing a pretty good chin. Last time he got knocked out, I believe, was by Jerry Jerizino Rosenstruck, right? Did Rosenstruck was the last person to knock him out? Yeah, so that was back in 2019, Philip Lins. Uh, before that, though, it was, it was a while before he got knocked out. So Rosenstruck knocked him out in the first round early, early. 30 seconds in with a left hook. Just caught him right away. And after that, it was Naganyu back in 2017. So he went almost... Three years without getting knocked out, and he fought a lot. Pretty good. Bozier, again, not the biggest knockout. He knocked out Lins, and uh, he who did he fucking knock out last time? He knocked out another guy last time. It was gorgeous. Hafia Passau, yeah. So his uh, knockouts are coming against big guys who are a little bit slower as well. Orlowski's to be a little bit different. He, he, he His defense is getting better. Orlowski, that is. But Bozier at plus 160 for knockout in any round, I'm going to take that as well. That's another prop we'll talk about tomorrow, but that's a prop that I like. Okay, main event time. This is fucking breaking my brain. Tiago Santos, 21 and 7. He's a minus 260 favorite. He's fighting Glover Teixeira, 31 and 7. <clears throat> Excuse me, plus 205 money on Glover Teixeira, the guy who's on a four fight win streak who's destroying everybody. This is, a, this is really tough for me. I'll tell you why. So. Santos is coming off probably one of his best performances, split decision loss against John Jones. Listen, coming off a loss or coming off a loss that might be one of your best performances. Not a lot of guys can say that. He blew both his fucking knees out, had COVID. He's dealing with a lot of stuff. Before that, you had a four fight win streak. His last loss was David Branch at 185, a really ugly knockout loss. Glover Teixeira is on a four fight win streak here, um, beating Anthony Smith last time out or not last time. Yeah, last time out, knocks his teeth out. Nikita Krylov, Ayn Kutulaba, Carl Robinson, all finishes besides Nikrylov was a split decision. It was, it was kind of a weird fight. And then Corey Anderson, he lost, was his last loss back in uh, 2018. Corey Anderson's actually fighting tonight. Uh, he's not fighting anybody real. He's fighting Melvin Manhoff, but he's not, you know, he's fighting in Bellator. So I'm going back and forth. Listen, everyone I like, everyone that I've talked to, every capper I respect likes Glover, right? The values on Glover, Brian, right? You know this. You know the values on Glover at plus 205. You should already put your bet in because it's going down. I believe it's already went down on Fandle. Let's see. I got him at 205 or I have him right down. Still at 205 in Fandle. Okay. I think he'll go in a 200 by fight night. I really, really do. Tiago Santos coming off a double knee surgery with COVID, hasn't fought in a little bit, coming off a really good performance against John Jones where I feel like people are telling him how good he was and the fact that, hey, you really won that fight on no knees. I feel like the arrogance is it, it might be a problem in that situation. I really, really do. 
um, that can affect fighters mentally, right? I look at the mentally thing. I'm not Yanni the Greek. I just don't look at fucking stats. I look at the way the guys carry themselves mentally, right? Santos fought at 170 before, okay? This guy is a big 205. He's got seven losses. He has been chinny. He has been knocked out. Dave Branch knocked him out. A few other people have dropped him. Um, his chin's been tested. At 205, he has not. 205, he has not been knocked out. He's looked fucking fantastic. Glover Teixeira hits like a mule, hits like a truck. But what's more impressive with Glover is now he's involving his game to take the fight to the ground. He's so fucking good on the ground. His jiu-jitsu's world-class. He's heavy on top. His punches are brutal. He won't let you get up. And his cardio is through the roof at 41 years old. I think the Corey Anderson fight really woke him up. Corey Anderson just completely dominated him grappling. And Glover was asking for that rematch back. Like, let me get that one back before Corey left the company let me get that one back because glover really went back and was like i need to fucking clean up that part of my game glover doesn't have the best wrestling takedowns right um he clenches you he goes for a leg and he dumps you he is strong he is persistent he has good cardio Tiago santos i really you know john jones didn't attempt many takedowns i don't really know if anybody's really ever like pursued a takedown on him i know his anthony smith fight was pretty wild i'm sure jan blahovich when he fought jan blahovich uh, Jan kind of maybe tried to take him down. Great performance against Jan, the current champion. He has a knockout whenever Jan Tiago Santos does. This is breaking my brain because the fucking gambler in me wants to take Texera, right? But I want to pick Santos. Like, I want to pick Santos because I think, you know, he's just going to be a little bit faster, a little more, more violent, and he's going to catch Glover. Glover's on a great run right now. He's 41 years old. He's on a great run. No one's going to take that away from him. But. At some point, you run into a guy like Tiago Santos, who isn't a young pup. He's 36. But you run into a guy who's like, all right, that's cute for you, Daniel, man. I I have a winner of the current champion. And yes, Israel Asana might be fighting on. But I could leapfrog Izzy if, leapfrog, if Izzy gets hurt or whatever happens because I got, I've already knocked out Jan Blahovich. I just went with John Jones and looked pretty good. Some people thought I won. I'm gonna fucking take this, right? You know what I mean? I'm gonna take this. Is this is I'm I'm, I'm theorizing what Tiago Santos is saying? Glover on the hand is fighting with so much confidence. He's gonna come out. He's gonna keep his hands high. He's gonna push the pace. He's gonna jab. Santos again has been caught before. God, I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to. Do. I don't have anything written down. Um, Santos, I I closed my eyes and I thought about what would happen. Santos. I haven't watched either fight. This is what I do. I know these fighters so well. I've seen all their fights recently. I've rewatched the John Jones fight with Santos like three or four times. I rewatched the Anthony Smith fight, the Jan Blahovich fight, all that stuff. I didn't watch any tape on these guys. I'm just going with instinct. And I just see Santos countering a huge shot, just getting pressured against the cage and countering a huge shot, similar to what he did with Jan and putting Glover down. So I'm going to go Santos with the chalky play. I don't know if I'm going to bet it. Maybe we'll talk about that more tomorrow night. I don't know if I'm going to bet it. I, I feel like you have to bet the main event, right? You, you got to make a stand and bet the main event. It's always usually the best fight. It has the most stakes. I think you got to bet the main event. So I will bet it. I will bet Teixeira. So whoa, whoa, whoa. I will bet Santos. See, my mind's a fucking mess right now. But I will encourage you guys out there that everyone, other cappers are picking Teixeira. This fight, I think, should be closer in odds. I think Teixeira being as high as he is, I think, is why people are betting him. I feel like if Teixeira was maybe a plus 130, I don't think many people would, would look at it that way. But since he's so high and he's so talented, I think that's why. Okay, that's it. I think I gave out everything. Again, uh, tomorrow night on Twitter, I'm going to go live. Maybe we'll go live after the fights uh, on Saturday, recap everything. They're pretty late, 
But I think I have a buddy coming over, so I'll probably be up. So maybe I'll hop on and recap everything. If it's a great night. If it's a dud night, probably not. But if it's a really exciting night and it looked fucking good and I got all my fights right and I won a ton of money, yeah, expect to see me. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, MMA Takes Podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Go to the YouTube page, uh, MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube. Got to probably search for it a little bit because we don't have many followers. Go follow. Go subscribe. Go do all that. And same thing with uh, MMA Takes Podcast on IG and on Twitter. Okay, let's go. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! 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 Come on, baby. Woo! Hey, Woo! pal, we don't want to kill. Come on, motherfucker. Back. Come on. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.